g'day friends welcome back well round nine is all done and some crazy shit happened crazy stuff great round of footy st kilda got their second win in a row and of the year melbourne have set another new record for the highest score after brisbane set one last week and what is going on with north melbourne and the dockers let's get into it get into anything got a little bit of housekeeping um because the women's league and the men's league are now both going um if i have to cover anything from you know the other uh, maybe something from an old episode that i've got to correct or just something i want to you know else i want to say i'll just throw it into whatever episode's coming next i'm not going to wait until i'm doing the next men's you know podcast or the next women's to you know update you i'm just gonna because it's all footy Right, so just a couple of things uh, in mine and Kat's ladder prediction episode the other day. Um, spoiler warning, I, I had Geelong in my bottom four. Um, and one of the reasons I cited was I'm still a little bit worried about their ruck area. Um, you know, saying that I don't know if Reese Stanley is cut out to be a number one ruck anymore. I had completely forgotten that they'd added Jonathan Segler in the off season. So scratch that. Um, I'm not going to move them in my ladder prediction because that'd just be, you know, what kind of man would I be? Um, and that being said, he's still an older Ruckman and he isn't, you know, one of the best Ruckman in the comp, but he's a, still a perfectly good Ruckman. So um, the fact that they've added him, albeit it's only going to be for a couple of years until he retires, uh, it's still worth noting uh, that I just completely forgot and I messed that up. Um, and another thing, and it's just something I forgot to mention that I wanted to talk about in the um, ladder prediction episode the other day. We were, you know, sort of two thirds of the way through all the Amy community series games. And I wanted to talk about the um, umpire abuse rule, the, the descent rule or whatever it's called. Um, it, it was grossly mishandled in the Thursday night game between Carlton and Melbourne and then enormously corrected. So, well, it wasn't even corrected. The players just seemed to switch on immediately. Every single other player in the comp just fixed it straight away. Melbourne got eight 50-meter penalties. I think not all of them, but most of them were for this new rule, which, by the way, Brad Scott, it is a new rule. It's a new rule, right? Because I'll tell you why it's a new rule. It has always been a 50 meter penalty if you swear at or abuse an umpire. It's always been 50 meters. This, this new edition of disagreeing in any form is a new rule. Not a new interpretation. It's a new rule. 
a new interpretation is what you've done with the holding the ball and saying that the umpires are going to blow the whistle a little bit earlier. That is a different form of the same rule. This is a new rule. Don't don't sugarcoat it. It's a perfectly fine new rule. It's a good new rule, but don't say it isn't what it is. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this new rule unfolds in the first couple of weeks of the men's season. Um, I think it's mostly going to be fine. Uh, there is a potential for a huge amount of unrest <laughs> just because of the because it's a new rule and because of the style of rule it is is completely up to the umpire's mood, basically. Um, and also the general nature of the rule, people don't really like it. They think players should be able to express their frustrations. And I do agree with that. I, I do agree that the umpires need to not be abused at any level in any sport. Um, but they cop it way more than they should. And the AFL is trying to sort of fix um, a very low number of umpires they have nationwide by making it a safer, you know, thing to do. Um, umpire, so I totally get where they're coming from, but they 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 can't be giving it away, like like the Adam Tomlinson one on Thursday night, the Christian Petrarca one, those and that's not any level of abuse or dissent, like clenching your fists or gritting your teeth or watching the replay and then telling saying to the umpire, are you kidding? Like, come on. You know, if you, if you turn to the umpire and go, oh, you're a fucking idiot, that has been a 50-metre penalty for as long as I can remember. Maybe forever. I don't know. The entire time I've been watching football, that's been a 50-metre penalty anyway. So this new stuff, it, you got to get it right. So we'll see um, once the actual, you know, once the men's season gets underway, what's going to happen there. All right, on to round nine of the AFLW. First up was St Kilda versus Geelong. The Saints getting the win by nine points. Very low scoring game, very windy game. Very, very intense game, especially the last quarter. So uh, it was St Kilda 2-6-18 to Geelong 0-9-9. Um, first of all, I'm so thrilled that we've got another win. Um, it, it's It's been really, really good. Like our, our last probably five weeks has been really good. Some close losses, really close losses. Like I think we had like three of the last four games that we lost before we won these two in a row were by less than a goal. So really, really tough for the group to then come out and win a couple in a row before the end of the year is just absolutely fantastic reward for all the girls' hard work. Um, but my God, this was a slog. This was a slog. So, um, so Kilda kicked a goal in the first quarter and then another in the second quarter. And that was all the goals that were kicked for the entire game. It was very windy as it often is in, at, um, at RECA Park or at Trevor Barker Oval. Both of those ovals are very windy. This is a windy part of Melbourne. Um... But that I want to talk about that last quarter. Oh my god, that was so stressful. So we'd gone the third quarter without any goals to either team, and St Kilda had the wind. We, we'd gotten through that third term, 
where Geelong had the wind and they couldn't kick a goal. I think, right, okay, just got to hold on here. If we can squeeze out at least one more goal, we're going to be safe, yeah? And the first maybe two minutes of the quarter, the ball was inside St Kilda's forward half, which was really good. And then for the entire rest of the quarter, when I say this, I mean the entire rest of the quarter because there was no goals kicked, so there was no breaks in the in the play, right? The entire rest of the quarter, the ball lived inside Geelong's forward half. It lived inside Geelong's like forward 60 metres. It was in there the whole time. And oh my God, was it intense. Like obviously, you've got... You've got two young sides, so neither of them, especially in those conditions, really had anyone who was going to stand up and just fix this deadlock that they were in. It was the most intense quarter of football, of of women's football, definitely, maybe of any football that I've ever seen. It was so brutally ferocious that I was just on the edge of my seat the whole time. I was just... Like, hang on, hang on, just hang on. Don't let them get a goal. Oh, they've got a shot on goal. Oh, they've missed. I don't know how many shots on goal Geelong missed in that last quarter. But thank God. Yeah, that was that was absolute chaos. Um, in my notes here, I've just got written down extreme defense. Extreme spelled X, all in capitals, X-T-R-E-M-E, extreme. Because <laughs> um, that's what it was. Really, like th- that was t- all of the secure players were around this endless contest. It was really, really desperate football, but it was it was just a great team effort to not allow Geelong to kick a goal. Not just in that last quarter, but for the entire game, really, really good effort. Um, Tilly Lucas Rod again was outstanding. She's all but cemented herself in the All Australian side now. Cat Phillips, again, absolutely fantastic. Um, th- this season from her has been the best that I've seen um, from her. She- she's been absolutely brilliant, just so calm, collected always. Nothing ever flusters her. She- oh, she's really, really impressive under all kinds of pressure, Phillips. Um, Bianca Jacobson, fantastic. Again, also should be in contention for an All-Australian. Um, she's been fantastic and she was brilliant again, you know, as, as the area of the ground that she works in was getting absolutely bombarded by everything, you know, in the back, in our back line, just the ball was living in there for big chunks of the game. And she just had to do a lot of work and it was really impressive. Um, Leah cutting, I thought this was, this was her best game by a good way. Um, I've, you know, I haven't been overly chuffed with how she's gone so far this year. Um, I think she's a, like, I really like her work around the ground and I think she can be a good ruck. She's just very lean. So she gets pushed around a bit, but I thought she was really good across the board in this game. And this is returning from injury. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought she was really, really impressive. Uh, but yeah, just, Fantastic to get a second win. We're not going to get a third, I wouldn't think. We've got Adelaide this week, so I think that'll be it for wins this year. Um, But it's really good to end the season on a high note for sure. Um, Yeah, I'm just really, really proud. The girls have been fantastic. Uh, All right. 
Next up was GWS versus Richmond. Great game. Really good game. Really interesting game. So uh, Richmond won by eight points in the end. It was GWS 6-2-38 to Richmond 7-4-46. I think we've we've still got one round to go, but Richmond are definitely the most improved team in the competition. They've Throughout the entire year, they've been really impressive. They still haven't won a heap of games, but they are scoring so heavily and just their style of play with a little bit more development is just going to be conducive to wins. It's it's like they're just going to start happening. You know, it's it's going to work for them eventually just as, you know, they get more games under their belt. They've been really, really impressive this year, Richmond. Um, and they've got another win here. Um, they just blew the Giants out of the water in the first quarter. Just... I think they kicked five goals, including one like that just trickled through as the siren was going. That was a good one. Um, yeah, they just blew them apart, and then the Giants couldn't catch up. I think the Giants then kicked four goals of their own in the last quarter to nearly catch up. Um, they, they were 30 or more points down at three-quarter time, but just didn't quite have enough time to catch up. Um, still a very good last quarter from them. Um, Cora Stoughton is, is an amazing athlete. She's an amazing footballer, amazing athlete. She's 40, I think, um, Gaelic background. She kicked three goals, and without her, the, the Giants get absolutely blown away. She was the reason that they were able to mount this comeback, although it didn't, you know, it, it didn't pay off, but... It was off the back of her brilliant work inside 50, not just kicking the goals, but understanding the time urgency. I think I think it was the last goal that she kicked um, put put them within the eight points. There was only a couple of minutes to go. So she takes the mark, you know, it was 30 or 40 metres out straight in front. And she just, she's got a Richmond defender hanging off her and she just plays on. She's like, I absolutely don't have time to go back and take a set shot. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to kick a goal, and she did. She's such an impressive player. She's awesome. And, you know, I just, like, just goes to show that sometimes, you know, and we've seen this in the men's as well, we shouldn't be writing players off once they get past a certain age. I'm guilty of this. You know, I think players at 32, 33, oh, they're going to slow down now. Oh, they're done. This is it. And then you get guys like Burgoyne, Fletcher, Girls like Staunton, you know, who can just go, you know, up until they're 40 or more. Like, it's really, really impressive when you get a rare athlete like this. And she's an absolute goal machine. Um, But yeah, yeah, Richmond just have really impressed me this year. That's all i got to say about them. Okay. All right. This is the big one. This is the news-making game of the round. Fremantle versus Melbourne. Fremantle 3-1-19 to Melbourne 16-11-107. The first time ever in the AFLW that a team has scored into three digits. Wow. Well done, Melbourne. Like this, it's, it's momentous what they've done. This is an enormous achievement an enormous milestone for the league i think it's absolutely fantastic and 
Well, after Brisbane, you know, set their own record, you know, it was 90, was it 90 something, only six days before this. And I said, oh, it's coming probably next year. The team's going to go past 100. And then six days later, it happened. Um, so that's kind of funny, but oh, just all of the praise possible to Melbourne. And they didn't just do this. They didn't do this against a St Kilda or a Geelong. They did this against Fremantle, who are one of the better teams of not just this year, but the last few years, right? Fremantle are another team that's going to be playing finals. It was in Western Australia. This shouldn't have happened, but Melbourne just played perfectly. They played perfectly. And when your opponents play perfectly, there isn't a whole lot you can do. Um, and now, another point that needs to be made is that this game was played at Optus Stadium. As was um, the game, I think I'm going to talk about after this, yes, um, that netted one team a very high score as well. So the answer to getting higher scores in games might be making it so the girls can play on Marvel on Adelaide Oval, Optus, at the Gabba, at Metricon, at Giant Stadium, at all all the grounds the men play at. Let them, it doesn't have to be every single week, but most of the time they should be playing at these grounds. Now I know because the women play in the summer, some of those grounds are being used for cricket and other things, you know, it costs more money to put on a game at this ground and are they going to get the crowds, yada, yada, yada. Just start letting them play there, especially if... You know, there's talk of the next women's season starting this August, which I think is a little bit much to ask. I'd be perfectly happy, although it's a very, very long break, I'd be perfectly happy for the for the next season to start, you know, next, you know, in 12 months' time or more than 12 months' time. Because um, it needs to start to line up with the men's. In one way or another, they need to be played alongside each other. And how's that going to work? It could be very easily figured out. You just go from playing, you know, that rather than there being nine men's games every week, there would be, what, 16 men's and women's games total across a week. And, you know, maybe you play the women's games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. And then the guys have the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, they have that block. So, you know, something like that. They'd figure it out. But it's time for that. So if we're going to do that, I think it would make sense. You know, even even a ground like Icon Park, perfectly fine. That's a great ground, big grandstand. Um, even, even Mineral Resources Park as well. doesn't have a big grandstand, but it... Its dimensions are the same as Optus Stadium, I believe, or the same as the MCG. Very, they're very close anyway. Um, but it's a big ground. Let the girls play on these bigger grounds. You know, I don't know how big RSEA RSEA Park is, um, but there is a want for the men to play games there. So is it is it big? You know, there's the Geelong Stadium. Let the girls play in these bigger grounds and we might see more big scores like this. I don't know. Maybe this is a coincidence. I don't know. Um, but either way, the higher scoring, you know, to side, 
I'd still like to see the women's games played alongside the men's is something I just want to make very, very clear. Um, I love that it was Taylor Harris that kicked the goal to put them past the ton. Um, she, she's been one of the most influential figures in women's football since its inception. Um, there was the photo, there's all the work that she's done, all the media, all the, you know, the ads and just, she's a great ambassador. She's just a great person. She's an amazing footballer. Um, so it was very fitting that it was her who did it. And it was also very fitting that five of Melbourne's goals came from Daisy Pierce, a, a, a person who everyone, you know, has already put into retirement and she probably still will. Um, but now that she can kick five goals in a game, you know, nothing against her if she decides she wants to go around again. Um, but this is a player who also has been there since day dot. She has so many media commitments. She, she does all sorts of stuff all week long, radio, TV, commentary, also, as well as training and playing when the, when the women's seasons, are, there's so much going on for her. She had the, the babies. She's done so much in her time in the AFL. She's now being scouted by the men's teams to be an assistant coach. Like This is the level of football person that she is. And I love that she had a five-goal part to play in this historic game for Melbourne. I just think that's fucking awesome. Um, this is good for Melbourne for a few reasons. It's just good to have this on your resume, <laughs> to have done this. It's also really helped their percentage. So they're still behind Adelaide on percentage by a little bit. Um, but now their percentages are very, very close. Now, it doesn't make a whole lot of difference finishing on top or in second. Both of them are very good. Both of them get a week off. But you still want to finish on top. It's nice to finish on top. So you get you get the home ground advantage in finals, I suppose, if it comes to a grand final at least. So now it comes down to next week, how the results go. You know, for those two teams in terms of their percentage. And I'm going to get to that later. But it is very good that Melbourne had such an enormous win. It's also the largest margin ever um, in an AFLW game. I should point that out. Um, but yeah, really good for their percentage. What's going on with Fremantle? What is going on with Fremantle? So they've lost three of their last four games. Um, they've fallen off completely. They've, they're to like they're not even in the top four anymore. I think they're fifth, so they're in real trouble. If, if they're at all interested in winning a premiership this year, they have got a mountain of work to do because this is not the time of year to be out of form. No, sir. And this isn't like the boys. There is not a week off between the season and the finals for you to get your shit together. Next week's going to come. And then the week after that, it's going to be finals. So Fremantle have got to fix whatever the hell is going on because they are way out of form. The only player of theirs who isn't is Hayley Miller. She has been nothing short of remarkable all year long and was again on the weekend. She was one of the best players on the ground, which is pretty impressive given her side got beaten by 88 points or something. Yeah, so... She's had a brilliant year as a first-time captain, but, um, gee, yeah, the rest of Fremantle, they are a worry. 
the form that they are in. All right. Next game is West Coast versus the Western Bulldogs. This is the other drubbing I was talking about. So West Coast, one, two, eight. Oh, dear. Uh, to the Bulldogs, 10, 8, 68. So this game was also at Optus Stadium. As I said, also very high scoring for one team at least. So it's a bit more evidence to suggest that the bigger grounds help. Um, it's given the Doggies a pretty good chance and making finals. They need some other things to fall their way, but it's also helped their percentage. Um, and they've had a good couple of weeks now. So they've given themselves a chance, at least, to get in. Um, they need other things to go their way, as I said. Um, but they were really impressive. West Coast have been really poor this year. They're going to finish on the bottom now. Um, the wooden spoon is basically theirs. Um, they would need an enormous percentage-boosting win. And they would need St Kilda to have an absolutely catastrophic loss to Adelaide. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> I was trying to think of something else to say, but no, West Coast have just been really, really poor. Um, they've had a few injuries, to be fair, West Coast this year, um, but they're going to be able to hit the draft and get some good young players and it'll help them move back up the ladder. Um but yeah, Bulldogs got a big opportunity to get themselves into finals. It'll be really hard, and I'm going to talk about some of the important games next week at the end, um, but they've given themselves a shot. And when they play like this, they're as good as anyone else. They're such a good team. They've got everything there that they need to play finals and win finals, you know? But they, I don't know, something about them this year has just been off, and they've been pretty disappointing given expectations. But... They've at least given themselves an opportunity to fix it. That's all they can do. Give themselves a chance. Um, but they've got to win next week. That is for sure. All right. Uh, then we had Brisbane versus North Melbourne. North Melbourne, another club that I'm worried about. So uh, Brisbane, 7-8-50 to North, 2-2-14. Now, because of Fremantle sort of falling off, North Melbourne sort of falling off. Um, Brisbane are a chance now. Brisbane are playing really, really well. They, opposite of Fremantle, they're coming into form at the right time of year. So the way that they're playing is is as good as Melbourne or Adelaide. I think Melbourne are still a good way ahead of anyone else in terms of premiership favoritism just because of their form and how like they've gone from being really hard to beat anyway to now just thrashing people so they've got to be the favorites for the flag comfortably you would think with Adelaide just behind them not just behind them what am I saying Adelaide behind them um but yeah Brisbane are now you know injecting themselves into that conversation they've entered finals dms if you will I don't know if that's the right way to say, <laughs> to say that um but yeah they, they've been really great and I've always talked about their ability to score really well. Um, and something they put on display, and this is part of the reason they score so well, they put this on display on the weekend. Their forward pressure is so good. Once they get the ball inside 50, they lock it in. They harass, they tackle, force turnovers equals goals. That's what they're really, really good at. It's one of their strengths. This is a good score. You know, 50 points is great, especially against another good team. 
in North Melbourne um, and just knowing that this forward pressure method that they have can work against other teams they are going to be playing finals, good good confidence boost as well. Um, North Melbourne, like I said, um, I'm worried about Fremantle and I'm worried about North Melbourne. So Fremantle have lost three of their last four and North have now lost two in a row. So, you know, three weeks ago I was saying, oh, anyone in that top four can win it. They're all playing so well. These two are quickly exiting that conversation because they're just, they're, they're not doing well at all. They both need to play really well and get good wins this weekend. It's really important. Um, just as I mentioned this last week that it was coming up, but it's happened now. Um, two Brisbane players and one Adelaide player who I'll get to um, for Brisbane, Ali Anderson and Emily Bates, both played their 50th games on the weekend. The first two AFLW players to do so. Absolutely fantastic. It's a really, really exciting time for the league. All these records being broken, player milestones. Darcy Vessio kicked their 50th goal the other day. Um, there's big stuff happening. It's it's really, really positive, all this stuff that's going on in the league, um, which is excellent. So I'll get into the next game that had the other milestone player. Um, Adelaide versus Collingwood. Brilliant game. Cracking game. This is a beauty. So... Adelaide, 4.630 to Collingwood, 4.428. Oh, you nearly got him, Collingwood. Imagine if Collingwood had beaten Adelaide. That would have turned everything upside down. That would have been crazy, but not quite. This says to me that Collingwood are as serious as anyone else. You've got your teams right at your top. Melbourne, Adelaide, maybe Brisbane, definitely Melbourne, Adelaide. But Collingwood aren't fucking around. Collingwood are still in this. They are dead serious. They they are also coming into a little bit of form right when they want to be. So just watch out. Just watch out. They've got this they've got this young player named Ruby Slicer who tore the game apart against Adelaide. Obviously they didn't get a win, but she was absolutely phenomenal and she's been having a really good year and with the likes of Malloy and the other good players they've got, um, she doesn't get mentioned enough. And she, I remember when they played St Kilda, she was causing all sorts of headaches. She's become a really important player for them. Um, and as I just mentioned, Ebony Marinoff for Adelaide became the third player to play their 50th game. Well done, her. Um, all three of these girls have been, you know, obviously been there since day one. And, you know, they've played in grand finals and, you know, the, their their contribution to the game has been massive. And, you know, they, they'll always be remembered as the first to, to hit a milestone in games played, which is absolutely brilliant. Okay. Um, last game. Last game was Carlton versus Gold Coast. This is more what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Carlton. This is more what they are capable of, Right. So Carlton 7 4, 46 to Gold Coast 2 4, 16. This is more what I'm talking about. This is more like Carlton. Right? 
Um, it, it shines a light on what a disappointing year they've had, to be sure. Um, but yeah, they, they, they bullied Gold Coast, who, like Richmond, like Geelong, started the year pretty well, but have fallen off now. And um, I think the fact that they lost to St Kilda last week says a lot about where they're at. Um, I shouldn't say that. My team's better than that. Um, but yeah, Carlton just bullied them. And it was, you know, it's what Carlton does really well is their pressure. Um, I, I saw it firsthand when the Saints played them a few weeks ago. They just bullied the fuck out of us. And that's what they that's what they do um, to teams when they're playing well. And that's how they win. They, they, their pressure is just really, really good. Um, Georgia G might have kicked goal of the year. There's been a couple of pretty good goals. Um, especially early on in the year, there were some good ones, but she kicked an absolute ripper. It was one of those ones where, you know, um, she was involved in the in a, in a contest that sort of the ball just sort of bounced around a little bit, um, you know, 15, 20 metres out from goal, and she was un, un, at the bottom of a pack, and then she sort of, you know, found her way out, and the ball found her way out, and she was outside of the contest, and the ball got fed back out to her, and then she kicked the goal, you know, from a very tight angle, just getting involved in the in the passage of play a couple of times and then kicking a very um, high degree of difficulty goal is always a good way to get nominated for goal of the year. Um, it was a beauty. Um, yeah, look, Carlton are going to want to finish the year really strong and run into 2023 or late 2022, whenever their next season starts, in some good form so they can return to the level of football we've all seen them play. Um, Gold Coast, their year started well. They fizzled off. Um, you would think they're going to get a rising star winner in Charlie Rowbottom. She's been absolutely brilliant. I said a couple of weeks ago, she's the new prototype player, like tall, powerful, skillful, all of it already built in at the age of 18. Like this is... We're going to see a lot more players coming through that are already built, ready to go. It's just going to happen. So um, you would think that she is going to win the Rising Star, so Gold Coast will have something positive to take out of the year. Um, that's it for games. I've tried to keep the sort of game summaries no no more in-depth than they need to. Um, now, next week. Next week is huge. One round to go. Um, there's lots of really important games um, that you know that relate directly to finals. The Pies absolutely have to win. They have to beat Richmond. You would think that they will, but Richmond have been really good this year. So to to make to if they win, they're in. Right? It doesn't matter how much they win by. The percentage doesn't matter. They just got to beat Richmond. Right? And the the Bulldogs are going to be watching this because I believe the Richmond game, the Richmond Collingwood game, is before the Bulldogs-Brisbane game. So if Collingwood win, it will then not matter whether the Dogs beat Brisbane because they won't be able to get in, right? They have to win. This is the Dogs. The Bulldogs have to beat Brisbane. They need Collingwood to lose and they need a little percentage boost. So um, the odds of the Dogs getting in are slim, but they've got to wait and see what Collingwood do. If Collingwood lose, it's all on them. Maybe Collingwood will get smashed by Richmond. Then they only have to beat Brisbane by a little bit. Who knows? Anything is possible. We saw in round 23 of the men's last year that shit went absolutely bananas with the top four. Everything went crazy. 
So who knows what could happen? Not that the top four really matters in the women's. Um, another game that's really important is North Melbourne versus West Coast. North need a big win. They don't just need to win. You, you, if they lose, they're in fucking humongous trouble. But you would think they're going to win, and they need to win big, purely for a confidence boost. Like they're, they're not going to jump ahead of anyone else above them in terms of percentage. They're too far behind. Um, so winning by a lot doesn't matter in terms of their position. But and same with Fremantle. Fremantle need to beat Gold Coast convincingly just to get themselves back on track. You know, have some self-belief that they're actually in the finals contending, you know, not just making up the numbers because both of them, their last two or three games have not been really good at all. Like, you know, North have lost their last two games. St Kilda have won their last two games. There's the difference there. So both North and Fremantle, you would think are going to win. Be amazed if they didn't. They need to win big for their confidence. It's really important. Um, and there is all, what, there's one more important... Yeah, so yeah, I said before, um, Melbourne have to beat Carlton. They need to. Carlton were really good. They're going to be looking to finish their season strong. Um, Melbourne need to beat Carlton if they need to if they want to get their percentage above Adelaide's. Now Adelaide are playing St Kilda, so you think they're going to win pretty easily. Um, so you know, it's it, again, it doesn't really matter being first or second, but it's all about a mind thing. You know, we saw Brisbane win the grand final last year at Adelaide's home ground. So it doesn't matter a great deal, but it's still good. It's still nice if Melbourne can get on top of the ladder. They're not going to have to travel come grand final. There's lots of positives. So, and like I said, they've got a tougher opponent this week than Adelaide do. So they're going to want to win and win well. So really big final round of the year coming up. Um... There is a little bit of potential for change in the top six. It is unlikely. The top six has been set now for a few weeks, more or less. Um, what I'm looking for are Frio and North Melbourne to impress me. If they're lackluster again, they won't win first week. You watch. If they're, if they're lame again in round 10... When it comes to the first week of the finals, they're both going to be gone. Mark my words. Um, at this stage, as I said before, Melbourne have got to be flag favourites. They're my flag favourites. That would make a men's and women's back-to-back premierships um, in the same, you know, within six months of each other, which would be pretty amazing for that club, given, you know, how starved they've been for so long. So that would be great for them. Um, yeah. That'll do, guys. Thanks heaps for listening to this one. Um, I have my... Well, I've got mine and Kat's ladder prediction already up from the weekend. Um, I also did my prediction for Premier, Brownlow, Rising Star, Coleman, all that shit. Um, But yeah, we both did our ladder predictions with some pretty risky picks for me in there. Um, and then this weekend coming at some point, I will do my St. Kilda season preview as I've done the last couple of years now. Um, look at every player, how they're going, what I'm expecting from them. What am I expecting from the team, new positions, you know, 
game style, what I want to see, you know, important games, everything. Everything you need to be aware of, everything you need to know um, heading into St Kilda's season. Because I know, because, you know, I talk a little bit more about St Kilda than I do other teams. I've got a few extra St Kilda listeners than I do other teams' fans. So um, I do that because I very much enjoy it and, you know, I'm pandering a little bit. All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Remember to like and subscribe and review. Rate the podcast wherever it is. If you listen to it, tell your friends to listen to it wherever they listen to it. We are only a week away from the men's season beginning, which is very exciting indeed. And we're only a month away from the AFLW Grand Final, which is also very, very exciting. All right. I'll catch you guys next time. Bye.